Cornflakes, now fortified with essential vitamins and minerals. NASCO Conflicts, nourishing goodness anytime. Good morning, listener. We hope you had a pleasant week. We are here again to provide you with the quality life through this exciting medium, the NASCO Moment Show. Today our attention is focused on safety measures needed to cope with natural and man-made disasters. Safety is no doubt necessary for enjoying the quality life. Disasters, whether man-made or natural, before man at one point or the other. But when one is armed with safety measures prior to the time a disaster happens, one is very likely to cope and pull through. Disasters claim lives and cause significant damage to property, thus having a negative impact on the society and economy. While we may not be familiar with disasters like earthquakes, hurricanes, typhoons, tornadoes, tsunamis, volcanic eruptions, wildfires, landslides and avalanches, we are not unfamiliar with flooding, plane crashes, collapsed buildings and bridges, including such other disasters triggered by activities of insurgents, and chemical pollutions. For residents of Plateau State, the unfortunate chemical leakage at the State Water Board Dogon Curfe premises in July this year readily comes to mind. Today on NASCO Moments radio show, we are privileged to have in the studio Mr. Lawrence Ndu, Head of Disaster Management, Nigeria Security and Civil Defense Corps, NSCDC Plateau Command. Mr. Lawrence will spend time here to educate and empower us to practice safety and cope with natural and man-made disasters in the best ways possible. Please don't go anywhere, we will be right back. Mr. Lawrence, thank you very much for making time to be in the studio with us. Thank you too. Okay. So uh, we'll start right away with um, what disaster is. Can you define that for us? Thank you very much. Before I do that, I want to say I'm grateful to be at this program. This program is one of uh, the best things that are happening to Nigerians on the plateau. So thank you again. So going back to the crux of the matter, disaster. Disaster, from a workable and functioning definition, we look at it as a serious disruption, the disruption of a functioning society, causing widespread human, material, and environmental losses which exceed the ability of the affected society to cope using only its resources. So that means we need help when uh, we are confronted with a disaster. Yes, when you are confronted with a disaster that surpasses your capacity, you need help. So what are the causes of disasters in Nigeria? Yeah, you will agree with me that, uh, just like you said earlier, Nigeria has not witnessed many of all those earthquakes and the rest of them. But here with us, we also know that, uh, like other countries, Nigeria has, has, its, has had its own fair share of disasters. There are both natural and man-made disasters. Indeed, the occurrence of disasters in Nigeria have increased in frequency and intensities in the last decade, especially in recent times. 
Many of those causes in Nigeria are things that are really from man. For instance, poverty, it causes disaster. Population growth can cause disaster. Rapid urbanization, change of cultural practices, lack of awareness and information, which is one of the greatest on disaster management, environmental degradation. These are things that cause disaster in Nigeria. Societal conflicts, they are disasters. Okay, you mentioned earlier that most of our disasters are man-made. So what is the difference really between man-made disasters and natural disasters? Just like the name implies, man-made, they come as, they, they are human causative issues. They are caused by man. For instance, a man who digs a gutter and does not close it up properly, when rain comes and follows that way, man has assisted that flooding too take place. So, but natural disasters, they are issues that happen within the natural circles, but the effects are felt by man. Like, you know the earthquake, you know the tsunami, you have nothing to do with it, but those situations that happen within the earth crust, they affect human existence, they affect the environment. Totally out of our control. Totally out of our control. Okay, um, what are those disasters that are common in Nigeria? You are very much aware that Boko Haram is here. The things that happen along that line, they are disasters. A lot of life gone, a lot of disruptions. You are aware of the conflicts that are happening around. Community clashes. They, of course, you know that uh, buildings collapse. They are disasters. Recently there was one in Jos. It's a disaster. You also know that when uh, trailers fall down, people go to scoop fuel. And in the event of that, fire comes on. It's a disaster. People go to get fuel from pipelines. They go to vandalize them. In the process, fire can come up and people will die in the process. Those are disasters. Flood is always here with us. These are issues that we can handle here if we follow the appropriate procedures. They will be nipped in the world. I wonder if our flood is natural or man-made. Yeah, it's a two-way. The rain is not caused by man. But of course, rain has its waterways. If you block the waterway, definitely you are inviting trouble. Okay, um, for the commonest disasters we've talked about, flood, fire disasters, and even droughts, um, what comprehensive safety measures should be put in place by citizens before or even after an occurrence? Okay, when you talk about uh, flooding, right from the beginning, there should be construction of standard drainages. There should be dams that can host much of this water that flows through the society or the environment. We can also desist from blocking these waterways. Many times you hear or see people erect buildings on waterways, on floorbeds, where water can settle. So if we follow the appropriate regulations of these organizations, we will not experience that. In fire, you discover that so many times our attitude over fire causes problems. For instance, if you look around where you live, you hardly discover the existence of an extinguisher. This is something you can use to nip fire in the board when it comes on. Almost every home is supposed to have an extinguisher, but 
out. Go around, you will hardly find it. Then, if you talk about uh, building collapse, those who are doing the building, who are constructing buildings, are they following the standard laid by Koren? If it is bridge collapse, are they following the appropriate standard? They cut corners and many a times they use substandard materials. At the end of the day, you discover that the building cannot carry whatever capacity they are putting on it. And it goes down. So as citizens, when we follow these regulations, um, or when, for example, even if it is a natural disaster, what can we do uh, to forestall the safety measures before these things occur, if we are warned about them? And what can we do afterwards you know, if you are warned, they say to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Recently, we are told that there was going to be flawed by the Nigerian Meteorological Institute. Then we were given regulations to follow. Those who are living on waterways, they should go away from there. Those who are living along bank, bank, water banks, they should go away from there. So at the end of the day, you discover that cultural issues will not allow you to live where you have been you know, situated. And at the end of the day, you face the rot of the flood. You see? So if we follow instructions, if we follow guidelines, many of these issues will be far from us. Okay, you talked about regulations earlier on too. I think we'll tackle that when we come back. It is the NASCO Moment Radio Talk Show. And we'll continue talking about empowering citizens to practice safety and cope with natural and man-made disasters after this break. Now fortified with essential vitamins and minerals. NASCO Conflicts, nourishing goodness anytime. In case you just tuned in, this is the NASCO Moments Radio Talk Show. Mr. Lawrence Ndu, Head of Disaster Management, NSCDC Plateau Command, has been educating us on how we can be empowered to practice safety and cope with natural and man-made disasters. Now, just before the break, we were talking about um, the safety measures we can put in place as citizens. And from what he said, it seems there should be a lot of collaboration between uh, citizens and governments. And prevention, they say, is better than care. Uh, so what preventive measures can citizens, on one hand, and the government, on the other hand, put in place against the occurrence of disasters? Thank you very much. Well, the, the government owns the whole environment. And then in that process, the government makes laws, knowing that uh, the obedience to those laws will save lives, will save property, will help the economy. And so the government puts everything in place, expecting that the citizens should obey. Now, if you talk about flood, it is the government that constructs drainages. Government constructs dams. Now, on the side of the government, when they put the dam there and construct the drainage, you discover it is man that will bring rubbish to block the gutters. 
So if man on his own side will keep away from blocking the gutters, you see that issue of flood will go away. The, 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 the government puts in place you know, safety measures on highways, the level of loading of a vehicle, put your seatbelt, and the rest of them. It is now for man to obey that law, strap on your seatbelt, go by the normal speed, carry what the vehicle can carry. But when you disobey now, you go extra speed, you don't strap on your belt, you use uh, tires that are worn out and the rest of them. Accidents will occur. That's a disaster. So on one hand, while the government is trying to protect you, you on the other hand should be able to obey the rules that government has put in place. Okay, so what are these okay preventive measures? So by obeying, that is a preventive measure. It's a, it's a preventive measure. Okay, so uh, we understand that some disasters cannot be stopped from happening, but they come with warnings before they happen. How should citizens prepare for such? The disasters that come with warning, for instance, flood comes with warning. Drought also comes with warning. So if the drought is coming and the government has been able to put up a dam, it will sprinkle water where necessary. And then even if it is uh, issues of farming, it can carry up that. So for ordinary human being, for man to you know, make sure that these things take place, he has to follow laid down rules. Then as it were, the government doing what is supposed to do and the citizens doing what they are supposed to do, together collaborating, you see that the world we are in will be a better place. Do you think the government is doing enough in educating people, telling people, okay, even these warnings, does it get round really to even the rural areas? Do you think people are getting enough warning and enough education about disasters? That is where the media comes in. The media is supposed to educate us. Go down to the grassroots. So if you are doing what you are supposed to do and it gets down to the grassroots, people will learn. When you translate these issues into native languages, they will understand. But more to it, there are supposed to be practices, there are supposed to be simulations. Because when there are simulations, you know the nature of what is going to happen, you have an idea of it. So with that, you are you know, prepared to face any situation that comes. But where there is no knowledge at all, you will use a crude idea, which may be very, very unproductive. Who should carry out these simulations? Yes, there are experts. The government is there. For you now, if you have a, a, a program which is viable, the organization should assist you to take it to the grassroots. So also, the, the organizations that are saddled with these responsibilities. They come up with ideas. We want to get this to the people. But of course, it needs sponsorship. So no matter how bright an idea is, if there is no sponsorship to take it down to where it's supposed to go, it is difficult to get there. The, the, the media has its role, certainly, as you have Definitely. said. But it should be driven by the experts who know what is to be done, yeah. that they can work in collaboration with the media right. and certainly these organizations saddled with this responsibility of helping us citizens are the ones who should drive uh, uh, the education and simulations and all that. Right. You've called me to a show now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We are talking. It is going down to the grassroots. 
So what if you have not called me? Well, you should initiate as well. <laughs> it's all, but the initiation is sponsorship <laughs> because your airtime is for money. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Well, there are ways to collaborate when it has to do with uh, the well-being of, of the citizens. People. Definitely, stations will not charge money for things like that. That is why we rob mines, yeah. and when we rob mines, it gets down. Okay. So, in responding to a disaster, can citizens partake in rescue activities? If so, how should they guard themselves? Thank you. Citizens can participate because most of the times you discover that the citizens are the first respondent in issues of disaster. So when they get there before the experts come in, they try to do the little possible. But it is also necessary that when the experts come in, those citizens who are eager to help should be able to have the spirits to give a little chance for the experts to carry out their professional duties. When they are there, they form a stumbling block in the, in the way of the experts to carry out their legitimate duties. You see, for instance, uh, if you have to give a first aid to somebody uh, before maybe taking him to a hospital for appropriate treatment, and they, they don't give you the opportunity to carry out a first aid, you discover that in the process of their trying to help, they cause more damages. So when the experts come, give room to them to do their jobs. Sure. Well, they should at least do what they can before the experts arrive. That is why they are first respondents. They get there before the experts come. So before the experts come, they have carried one or two things out. And then when the rightful person comes on board, they should be able to say, okay, this man knows how to do it, give him the opportunity to do it. But do they put themselves in danger, the citizens, in trying to help? Many a times, you discover that you move from a, a safety place to a danger place trying to help. Those people that have been trapped or one or the other ways are in danger. So you that is safe, that is going there, you are also endangering yourself. But you know, our God is always a good God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, we'll take a break and come back. Uh, it is the NASCO Women's Talk Show. And uh, Mr. Ndu will be back to continue talking to us after this break. Now fortified with essential vitamins and minerals. NASCO Conflicts, nourishing goodness anytime. Welcome back. We've been discussing how citizens can be empowered to practice safety and cope with natural and man-made disasters. Uh, Mr. Lawrence, let's turn our attention now to other related issues. Most man-made disasters are no doubt the result of man's injury to the environment. What activities should we desist from uh, as people to prevent such man-made disasters? Yeah, thank you. You know, as it is always said, prevention is better than cure. Uh, the knowledge you have should assist you to do things. When this knowledge is not there, you discover that it is difficult to handle situations. Uh, for instance, I am an advocate of, uh, you know, 
children learning how to fight fire right from the cradle. In our secondary schools, if the opportunity is there for them to be educated on how to use a extinguisher to fight fire, it will be to their own advantage because they will grow with it. So in issues of fire, our homes should have extinguishers for any eventuality. Now if you talk about the environment where we live in, we should desist from pouring rubbish into waterways, into those drainages. Because if you block the way of the water, it will always find a way. And at the end of the day, it will go through your house. If you don't have a good foundation, it is possible that the whole house goes with all the property. And then uh, in our homes, we should be very careful how we keep our matches, boxes. Because if you have children at home, the children are adventurous. They can always want to find out how matches will react to cotton. If you are in the house, you want to put more fuel in your generator. You don't go with the lantern because you want to see what you are pouring in. A generator that is uh, running, you go with the lantern, you are pouring fuel into it. A kerosene lantern. A kerosene lantern or candle because you want to see. You know definitely that at the end of the day, you want to cause more havoc than necessary. So, uh, I want to tell the people that they should obey government laws. They help a lot. And then, if you find yourself in a situation that you need to learn, always learn because that knowledge is never lost any day. It may save your life. Yes. Okay, you just talked about obeying laws. Um, I know we have laws because you have said that we do. Um, are there adequate penalties to checkmate harm done to our environment? What are these laws? How are they enforced? Right. Uh, you know that as far as environments are concerned, we have the National Environmental Standards and Regulation Enforcement Agency, which is the NESRIA. So anything that has to do with the environment, NESRIA is there to enforce it. So, if you contravene any of those laws for environment, NESRI can catch up with you. And every security outfit should also be on the lookout. If you see anybody causing any destruction in the environment, you get the appropriate agency informed and they will do so. There are penalties. And then it could range even from one million fine to five years imprisonment. Um, what is your assessment of disaster and emergency, emergency management in Nigeria? Are the agencies saddled with the responsibility well-funded, equipped and staffed? Yeah, as Nigerians, we are doing our best. You know, we will not stop learning. So, and definitely, as far as fund is concerned, there are always constraints. It is with fund you build capacities. It is with fund you secure equipments for these activities. It is not always enough, but we are trying the possible best. Nigeria is trying. And as we continue to grow, we will continue to learn. We will continue to provide situations that will help us succeed. The agencies that are in this are trying their best, especially NEMA. They are doing possibly the best for now. But there is always room for improvement. Okay, how can we improve on disaster management? The most important thing is to get educated. The other one is to collaborate. Every agency, every non-governmental organization you know, should collaborate. If collaboration is there, then 
you know that united we stand and divided we fall. So if we unite ourselves, you bring your idea, whatever you have, I may have a vehicle, you may have the other equipment. If you bring your equipment, I bring my vehicle, and we'll put our hands together, we'll go forward. But a situation where every organization is trying to say, I am the best, or I am doing this, or I am doing that, definitely it's just like a home that has divided itself. So unity is important. Collaboration is very, very important. It will give us an upper hand against any disaster any day. Okay, in closing, what is the role of the NSCDC in all of this? Nigerian Security and Civil Defense Corps has been mandated by the Act of 2003 to participate in disaster management. We are there, we can inform the citizens when we identify dangers. We can always evacuate people from danger area to safe area. We can also go into disaster areas, prevent you know, uh, people going from safe place to danger place. In situations of uh, bomb blasts, you may have seen us trying to rescue people, trying to give first aid. And then uh, it is also our mandate when issues of uh, relief materials come. We accompany it from the beginning to the end and make sure it gets to where it's supposed to go. We work against diversions. So those are some of the things we do in disaster management. Okay, Mr. Lawrence Sindhu, Head of Disaster Management, NSCDC Plateau Command. Thank you for sensitizing us on the NASCO Moments radio show this morning. It has been very enlightening. Thank you very much. Okay, and we also believe that uh, our listener has been made more aware of safety measures uh, he needs to put in place to cope when a disaster occurs. Listener, this is where we end today's episode of the show. You can follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash NASCO Group. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at NASCO Group. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO and it was created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants. Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department. Producers, Harun Audu and Joshua Tomo. Assistant Producers, Solomon Audu and Tolu Bakari. I'm Hudun Giang. Thank you for listening. Essential vitamins and minerals. NASCO Conflicts, nourishing goodness anytime.